Hey everybody, this is the Animal's Eye View podcast, and I'm your host, Lizanne Flynn. I mentioned the E word in last week's podcast, the E standing for the word energy, in reference to animals being masters of the language of energy. You may not think of energy as having its own language, syntax, and semantics, but it does, according to animals and all other species, in fact. And they would add, what it most definitely does not have is any woo-woo of the sort of any kind at all, which means none, as in zero. To animals, the language of energy forms the very basis of all of their interactions with each other and us, because it doesn't depend on any outside belief system or structure. It is felt by them, individually and collectively, through their physical forms, the bodies, which tell them everything they need to know about the world around them. If you were to ask a human about the energy of a place, person, or thing, they may look at you like you had two heads and say something like, What do you mean what kind of energy does it have? What kind of a weirdo question is that? Energy schmenergy. That sounds really woo-woo to me. And perhaps their answer could be translated to say... I don't understand the scientific basis of any kind of energy with all of its definitions, laws, and formulas because I'm just a human and also not a scientist, and how can I possibly begin to know what makes up this thing called energy that seems to be everywhere and in many different forms? For most of us, just the word feels squitchy, which is a technical term. If I were to ask you what a chair, table, or lamp was, you'd have an immediate picture in your mind of that object based on your experience, likely in 3D, and could begin to describe your version of these things. And whether you realize it or not, you'd also be describing energy in solid form, where the molecules of energy of the object aren't moving much at all. My hunch is that for humans, we tend to push it out to the side and say that, well, we don't know what it is because of the constantly moving pervasiveness of this thing called energy that's everywhere in our lives. And because we don't have an agreed-upon 3D definition of energy, besides that it's vague, and our species doesn't do well with vague in terms of the world around us. Have you all noticed that? I think that's somewhat based on biology because of our dual role of both predator and prey. We perceive we're safer when we can define and understand the world around us, when we reduce it down to its most finite form, so that we know when danger is coming, fear being a strong motivator among all species after all. We humans also have a habit at different points in our collective evolution of putting these push-to-the-side things into categories labeled as less than and even dangerous, certainly at the very least different. Depending upon who and where you were in history, say an astronomer and physicist whose name rhymed with Galileo didn't mean that you came out on top when you publicly promoted things of a general energy nature like the earth being round and the sun being at the center of the galaxy. Historically, it was the heads of religious belief systems cast in the role of the jets you might want to look up West Side Story while you're at it who vehemently denied these statements or did much worse to those who made them. From my perception, it was their desire to exert control over what humans believed about the physical world around them, because they thought they knew better than the rest of the humans on the planet, and 
Maybe the reason was more nefarious. We're each entitled to our own opinion on that. It's curious, though, that even now, from the other side of the equation, science cast as the sharks, that has labeled as pseudoscience brilliant insights coming from Marsuro Emoto and Candace Pert, this being the more things change, the more they stay the same. If we take a look at another historical perspective of energy, from my side of the fence, if you will, there have likely been millions of individuals accused of and subsequently put to death for energy malfeasance, or witchcraft, simply because they happen to have abilities of helping others via plants or other skill sets. Perhaps they were, like their earlier general science counterparts, attempting to illuminate for the rest of us facets of the amazing field of energy that at the time were hidden from the majority of humans, and that it was not the intention of the person directly accessing the sphere of energy that determined its outcome. Rather, it was the intention of the person on whose behalf the request for intervention was being made is what made everything go, which is what usually I tell my animal communication clients when they ask, well, how does this work exactly? If my animal doesn't need to be with you physically and they happen to be sleeping at the time you and I are talking... I say in response that it's the guardian's intention and wanting to talk with their animal family members that forms the juice, if you will, the point of energy access that enables me to bridge the outside species differences between animals and people and get to the common bond of heart and soul that unites both. And you know, quite honestly, looking at energy through the lens of human-only history, probably not the most expedient way to invite you to consider taking a leap of faith into a direct connection with energy. We've created so many filters, either via our outside belief systems or via our self-determined separation from energy itself, that has dramatically gummed up the works, or so the animals say. So let's take a, a huge step back and go to the place that is really optimal for interacting with energy, because newsflash, you are energy and you also matter and my apologies for that old physics joke. I will insert a caution here. This does require that you let go of most of everything you've been told about energy and move instead to the place of personal experience as a foundation for what is truth to you. And it might make your body feel just a bit squishy when you work with energy as the body is a conduit. There will be other systems firing in the field of energy around you, of which you will be aware, and that will likely also be brand new for you. Thus, the squishiness. Remember, it's your intention that that, that makes this go. So, it may feel a bit out of body, just temporarily. That's just all part of your transition, and it's really going to feel fabulous in the best way, really. The body is ground zero for any being to understand what energy is and how fluid it can be as well as how concentrated. I said earlier that the only thing the animals require to show them the truth of energy in any given moment is their bodies. There is, of course, interpretation of the energy that's revealed by the body via emotions, which is step two of this process. Everything, everything is how it feels to them. People, places, things, other beings, all of it. 
And here's why the body is revered by them of being the only arbiter they need for interacting with the world around them and therefore pure energy. It's because they know the body always tells the truth. It is incapable of lying to them. Why? Because the body's only prerogative is to protect and maintain health for as long as it's supposed to during any animal or human or plant or crystal experience on this planet. You never have to tell the body to heal on your behalf, whether the injury is a paper cut or surgery. It automatically starts protecting itself and therefore you from further harm. And yes, we do know how this works scientifically and in great detail. But have you ever really wondered why? What is the go juice behind that? Truth be told, the wisdom of the body surpasses anything humans know about it. We're, we're really a bit behind, actually, in understanding how it works. For instance, did you know that it was only in 2015 that humans uncovered the fact? Because, really, it was already in existence. It's another silly thing we do, calling it a discovery. That the brain and the immune system were connected via the lymph system. Scientists at the center of this information were stating that textbooks will have to be rewritten. To which the animals honestly kind of shake their heads and sigh a bit. Because everything about this planet is already known to them through the language of energy, which, as I said earlier, is a different kind of language than verbal. It's all experiential. Well, now you might say, how do I know that it's the truth? Simply because you're physically here on this planet now is a testament to your being entitled to work with the fields of energy on Earth all on your own. And the interesting thing is that others' experience of this energy will be very similar to yours because the energy is the same, you're just the different part, which forms a collective understanding and yet your experience will be uniquely your own. Here's an example of that. I know what water tastes like to me and I don't know at all how it tastes to you. How can I? Your body is yours and unique to you, yet we can likely agree that water is refreshing and cool and liquid. Do we really need to know anything else about it individually? Not really. Collectively, we can do as the animals know how to do and watch how a river works versus how a lake works. We might feel the faster flow of water with a river than a lake, and we might then understand how water can push things in its path to move more quickly. and. What else can we know, or how can we use that information? Everything else is details according to the animals, as it's the experience and the essence of the element of water itself that is important. Here's an introductory energy activity that you can do with yourself, others you know, plants, animals, crystals, really anything else that's made of energy. You may have seen or done this before, and you may have seen it where you rub your hands together to get them warmed up first. I would invite you not to do that, just so you can see how strong your own bioelectric field of energy really is that's generated by your own body because you are your own source of energy. So stand up, if you can, where you are, feet about hip distance apart and your knees slightly relaxed. Bend your arms at the elbows about 90 degrees facing out and in front of you. Take a few deep, relaxing breaths and focus your attention in the space between your hands. When you feel like you're ready, move your hands closer together with the palms slightly cupped and fingers together. 
go slowly and be aware of your palms maybe starting to get a little warmer or maybe tingle or maybe even feel a bit itchy. The closer you get your hands together, the more heat or resistance you might feel. And while it might be quite subtle, it also might be quite profound. It's a really different feeling than, say, placing your hand on something solid or even liquid. This is energy, pure energy, so go slowly and take your time. It works best, I think, if you close your eyes so that you won't be distracted by watching your hands come closer together. And don't worry, no one else will make fun of you because their eyes will be closed too. If you get to where your hands are touching and you haven't felt anything or maybe just a slight pressure, that's a cue to start over. Making your hands extension tools to feel others' fields of energy takes time and practice because it's a very different way of interacting with the world around you and using a much different language than what you're used to using. Once you've got this down, then the real fun can begin. Get together with your friends and family members of the human persuasion and stand about a foot apart with your arms bent at the elbows again and palms up, only this time facing each other. Using the same process as before, start with focusing on the space between you and the other person and slowly moving your palms closer to the other person's palms. Stop when either of you feel heat or tension or resistance. And then maybe watch to see if other information comes in. Observe this space. Does this feel differently than when you did it by yourself? Maybe there's pieces of information coming in like little flashes of visual information or maybe a sensation on a different part of your body. Now you can try it with your animal companion by placing your open palm about eight inches above their back. Slowly move your palm closer and stop when you feel heat or resistance or tension, just the same as before, and then observe what you feel. Is it lighter or heavier than what you felt with another human, or maybe even with yourself? Are there any other flashes of information coming in? Not to go deeper than we need to at this point, but any other pieces of information or energy coming in will be shared with you via what we can call for now your intuitive muscle. And yes, you have one. Even if you've never felt it before, all because you have a body on this planet, and this is kind of part of the standard equipment that you get. I invite you to try this exercise with plants, trees, flowers. Anything that has the form on the planet has energy in it. And besides being fun, this activity helps you and your body to begin to learn a bit more about the language of energy, which in turn brings you closer to every other being on the planet, as well as bringing you closer to yourself. We'll journey a bit further into this wonderful world on the next Animal's Eye View podcast. In the meantime, you can find me at lazanneflynn.com. I'm your host, Lizanne Flynn. See you next time.